Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. I'm your host, John Bucks, joined as always by Brian Chin. How you doing, Brian? I've been on wildcard agony for the last like eight days or so, Bucks. I am ready for the footy to be back. This is too long of an international break. I'm, I, need, I need the footy back immediately so I can finalize my press conferences and get my team sorted out for the weekend. Brian, now that we're podcasters, you are in fact going to have to join all 20 current Premier League coaches to give a press conference going into this big weekend. So we're back, baby. We're That's less, right. That's right. We're less than one week out from the Premier League restarting with Game Week 8. And in this, we're also returning to our regularly scheduled programming. We're going to do a regular pod. And on this episode, we're just going to preview the best matches and the players in those matches to target for Game Week 8. We're going to take a quick snapshot at Brian's wildcard team, which we caveat is going to change at least three to four more times before the transfer deadline ends. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope uh, you not know once. it's true. You know it's true. <laughs> and finally, we're going to answer some listener questions before wrapping up with our stable, our transfer and captaincy selections. Brian, let's get into it. Let's get our hands dirty. Can't wait, Bucks. And thank you again to anybody who viewed or listened to our last wildcard pod, which was the wildcarding with whiskey first edition. That was a lot of fun and something different for Bucks and I. So hopefully you guys enjoy that and we'll plan to do that again sometime and keep it a little bit more loose and a little bit, uh, you know, liquored up. It was a good time on a Friday for sure to end the week. So thanks for tuning into that one. Absolutely. All right. So just want to address some news out there. So obviously, you know, one of the big talking points of the last week has been the EPL takeover of Newcastle United. So they've been bought by the Saudi Arabia Investment Fund. And this is pretty big for Newcastle. Obviously, they've been kind of toiling away towards the bottom near relegation the last few seasons. But this could really see an influx in their talent, especially coming with the January transfer window. Bucks, do you think this is going to help them stay in the Premier League this season? Money, money, money. I think this is a big change. This is a total shifting of the landscape, the financial balance of football in general. They are now like by far and away the richest club in London. They have the richest ownership across every team in any league. So pretty bananas that, uh, you know, that's going to the Tyne side. up at Newcastle. So I think the Saudi Arabia money is, you know, people have a lot of hot takes about it because of, you know, some checkered history of the country's actions and the leadership of the investment funds actions. We're not going to tackle that, but from a purely football standpoint, it's really exciting. I think a new historical club like Newcastle being brought back to relevancy. I mean, that's great for the game in general. And I think this is just another knock to show how stupid the Super League idea from last season really was. Uh, Newcastle, you know, all of a sudden could become a big six team uh, if they invest as heavily as rumors are saying that they will. So pretty exciting stuff uh, for the current FPL season. I think they need a new coach and I hear there's rumblings that a new one is coming. And, you know, I think a lot of players are going to now be playing for a future with the club uh, from now until the transfer window and then beyond who knows. Yeah. It's interesting, especially just given their history, you know, Newcastle is about five hours outside of London. So there's kind of that 
part of the UK that they could really capitalize and re-energize their fans. Obviously, you have Alan Shearer, Premier League's all-time leading goal scorer many years ago. You know, they have a rich history there. So it'll be really interesting to see how long it takes for them to build up the squad once again. You know, the, all the memes, all their $320 billion are saying, get Mbappe and get all these uh, talented guys from and outside Holland, the league. Yeah, Holland, yeah. Mbappe. Uh, and then they'll have the truth, Callum St. Maximin, relegated to the bench, uh, which will be a sad day for FPL managers. I mean, you just combine Callum Wilson and ASM into one person. So uh, I, guess, I think we're going to have to keep them as two separate people in that squad because they will need a few midfielders to help give um, service to those new forwards. But it's going to take time. Like, honestly, I imagine that they'll try and make a few quality signings. Like they're already talking about maybe targeting Martial and, and some of those guys that are kind of a lower tier of a star Premier League player to join their side in the January transfer window. So it's going to take a minute. I would like to see them actually stay in the Premier League and not get relegated now, just thinking about next season already and what kind of signings they could do in transforming the team. So it will be kind of a bummer if they you know, get purchased for all this money and then they get relegated and then we got to wait two years before a, a team that actually has uh, Premier League dollars behind it uh, come in. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. but. All things aside, it's I think it's it's a good change, and it'll be interesting for uh, for the folks in the UK. Yeah, one last thing, it's it shouldn't change anything for FPL in the short term, but I think that if there is a head coaching change, that will be reason to wait and see on some of the Newcastle assets that have proven and this excuse me that have proven this season and that have proven in the past. So. You know, if the system changes, maybe they're only running out one forward, four, you know, maybe they get more defensive to try and just squeeze out points. You don't know what's coming. So I think that puts a lot of clouds over the prospects of owning a player like Alan St. Maximin or any of their other uh, attacking players. Wait and see. Yeah, for sure. So moving along, just looking at some other news with a lot of our FPL players on international duty. A few players we want to highlight, specifically starting with the Chelsea boys. We had both Lukaku and Rudiger both get flagged during the international break. So right now we're seeing Lukaku. He actually left the Belgium camp because he was citing some muscle fatigue. I think this is probably a a non-story, and I think it's just something that they had an easy second fixture and he'll be ready to go on the weekend versus Brentford. Uh, but Rudiger also noted he had a back issue while he was away with Germany. The international manager definitely downplayed this. And I think hopefully Rudiger is focusing on this kind of next uh, quartet of fixtures where Chelsea really need to get some of their mojo back and really destroy some of these lower table teams after a few kind of dicey performances as of late. So I'm hoping that he'll be kind of nailed. And I think he's in a ton of FPL sides as he's the cheapest nailed way into um, Chelsea defense here. So those are two guys we wanted to note. And then I think uh, something else happened with Jota, right, that we want to share? Yeah, Jota also had some muscle problems, according to the Portuguese coach. He missed some practice. He then missed uh, games. So he's one to monitor. I think a lot of people have jumped off Jota in their midfield just because of fixture and the concern with Firmino coming back. 
But Jota leaving the lineup leaves the door wide open for Firmino to smash in and potentially uh, lock up a more permanent role in the center of that Liverpool attack. One thing uh, Brian mentioned on the Chelsea games that I just want to hark back to is these are some real get-right games for Chelsea. And it's interesting because Lukaku has looked great at Belgium while he was away, but so is Timo Werner. And I think that's a real confidence boost. The way he plays for his national team in Germany is the way, hopefully, Chelsea fans want to see him playing more regularly while at the club while at Stamford Bridge. So those are two big injuries to note. The last one, they're not really injuries. They're just players who are going to be unavailable. And it's looking like they're going to miss at least game week eight. And that includes pretty much any South American player. So if you have a player on Argentina, like Emmy Martinez, if you have players on Brazil, like Allison, Jesus, Rafinha, Thiago Silva, to name a few, those guys are going to be quarantining. They're likely out of game week eight. They're not flagged right now because nothing's wrong with them, but they are not going to be playing. Uh, it's basically the English FA has already legitimated that this, I just made up a word, that they just <laughs> made it legitimate that that quarantine has to stay in effect even for these professional athletes. So unfortunate for those clubs and those players and for us FPL managers, of course. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, Rafinha is definitely highly owned and is somebody that has a very easy fixture run. So he's very common at his price point. You know, I did see something in the news that said that they might be relaxing the red zones for coming back into England. So I think, again, it's it's still pretty fluid. So I would watch that space, especially uh, when we hear team news conferences. The Brazil team plays on Thursday, so it is a super tight turnaround. Like They're going to play their game. They're going to fly back to the UK and then maybe have to play on Saturday. So just make sure to pay attention to the news um, as it's kind of always in a state of flux as it uh, relates to COVID. And with that, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll look at Brian's wildcard team as it stands at this moment in time. And then we'll address the community questions when we're back. Welcome back to the FPO Blues podcast. Let's talk about my wildcard. Bucks, I've done so much tinkering over the last few days, and now I might even get rid of TAA. Help me put my fingers in some mittens so they can stop touching the mouse, touching my phone. And I need actually just the full, like the whole full gloves that you use in like Antarctica to protect your, your fingers. Cause I, I can't stop from tinkering. What am I supposed to do with this addiction bucks? Yeah, this is a scary place to be, Brian. We still have a, a whopping five and a half days left until the wild card transfer deadline takes effect. So you know, hope everyone enjoyed the holidays. I know Brian's just been stuck not working uh, on FPL, just creating 20 different versions of his wildcard team. So not as enjoyable for him. He's been uh, stressed out texting me throughout the weekend. But uh, this TAA move, uh, Brian, I have to tell you, it's a bridge too far. Until we know for sure he's not playing, I'm having him in my team, and uh, he's probably just moving to my bench. Yeah, that's completely fair. So I'll run you through my team quickly. As it stands right now, I have TAA out of my team. So I have Foster and Ramsdale in the back. Arsenal's on the up and up, so hopefully Ramsdale can keep a few clean sheets. Then I have a big at the back, all dedicated to the boys in blue. We have Aspilicueta, Rudiger, Cancelo, Diaz, and Duffy. 
So I'm going to start with five defenders this this weekend if that ends up being my final team. So it'll be really interesting to see if I can get some you know six to nine pointers from those guys. And I'm really week in week out. I'm going to be set up in more of a four three three or a four four two. So it'll be a little bit different, but through the midfield, my big differential pick is going to be Sun, and I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him. He's just a consistent quality player and one of my favorites in the Premier League, so it'll be good to have him in my side for the first time this season. He's got Newcastle this week, and that's a big differential for me and one of the reasons that I'm going for him in my side. Sala and then Saka are also there, and then Mbumo is my 5.5 midfielder who I'm kind of stashing for the next few game weeks. He's got Chelsea and Leicester, but then they go on a really good fixture run in game week 10. So looking forward to that. Then I have Brown Hill as my bench fodder. Could not squeeze Douglas Louise, who I know you're very high in as your fifth midfielder. Um, again, it's a player I'm never going to play, so I don't mind having him on my bench. And then I actually change and I have three playing forwards for the first time this season. Wow, have, wow, you're you're evolving. This is a beautiful thing to hear. I'm going to have the likes of Lukaku, Antonio, and Huang as my third striker. So often, mo- many of my game weeks, I'm going to be able to rotate between um, Bumo, Huang, and Duffy for some of my, my you know first bench slots. So it feels pretty strong to me. It gives me some opportunity to roll my transfer as many uh, weeks as I can so I can get to two and then maybe take a hit to make three moves. And that's something that I'm going to try and focus on. It also gives me some depth there in case there are injuries and knocks and things that really tempt me to tinker, but I really need to practice some patience. So that's the squad all up, Bucks. Uh, I am still going back and forth with TAA and trying to figure out if I'm going to have him in my side or not. So some some things to tinker with still. Um, I just like having two city defenders versus Burnley who they have historically the last three matches have crushed them, you know, five, zero, like three times in a row at the Etihad and then having double Chelsea heading into the, you know, this, this Brentford fixture is pretty tough actually, but the fixture versus Norwich, that's definitely going to be some points for Chelsea. So just trying to nail down if I'm going to go with Aspilicueta or if I go for somebody a little bit more risky, like James or Chilwell. What are your thoughts there as a Chelsea pundit, Bucks? I mean, I think the Aspie is a safe pick, um, but I think your team actually has a, a good amount of differentials. The Sun, the Embuemo, the Wang shout. So I think playing it safe and just hoping that you're going to get the starts from Chelsea is probably the way to go with the Aspie. My next favorite pick would be Ben Chilwell. I think he's for sure going to play on the weekend in their match against Brentford. As Brian mentioned, I I tend to be a little cautious. I think that Brentford is still mislabeled in a lot of the uh, fixture difficulty rankings. So they say that this is an easy game for Chelsea, but I think we've seen that Brentford is a solid and capable attacking team, but also they're staunch at the back. So I think this is going to be an entertaining match. And the Chelsea double up is being preached left and right in the FPL community. And I think that Brentford are kind of being over overlooked a little bit. And I think they'll probably end up netting a goal. Yeah. It just makes me a little bit nervous on that double up because, you know, obviously the likes of Mbumo or Tony could score. And then you're looking at, you know, potentially two, two pointers. Whereas if I went with somebody like 
Chilwell instead of Aspie. You know, he could score a goal. He could get, you know, attacking returns. He does put in some crosses. And, you know, Lukaku needs more service. So I'm up in the air. I'm going to wait for team sheets. But that is something that if I went with Chilwell instead of Aspie, I'd save about North 0.5 million in the bank and that would give me money to upgrade Saka potentially later down the line to Rafinha and uh, just have a little bit more flexibility so that's where I'm at on wildcard I'm most certainly going to have a a tinker with TAA in it and TAA not in my side so overall I'm feeling pretty confident though and I think honestly my my big differential captain which we'll talk about later might be the saving grace of this game week for me in game week eight. All right. And, you know, Brian touched on it with some of the fixtures that he's targeting, but we really just want to highlight a few of the matches from game week eight that we think are the ones to target for those on wildcard and for FPL points in general. And those include Liverpool at Watford. That's the early match. So uh, people who are considering captaining Mo Salah, just before Warren, there is a little bit of a fraught history with captaining players in that early while well, in that excuse me in that early window match. So that's the first one we do expect I should say that Liverpool is going to win that game quite comfortably, right Brian? Yeah, I mean it's really interesting because if TAA were healthy, he would actually be a great captaincy shout this game week. You know, we had the likes of Salah go on international duty, Watford have one of the lowest you know, threats in the Premier League outside of, you know, SAR. And so it would be an opportune time for that kind of TAA differential pick instead of Salah. But I will guess that Salah is going to be 90% or higher captains by the FPL community uh, who's active this game week because I don't see any way past him given his form and his just red hot start to the FPL season. Absolutely. The next few, uh, Burnley at City, who Brian also mentioned, the history is just so fraught with Burnley horrible results that uh, it's even hard to pull together some wild stats. I mean, Man City in their last two seasons, they're 4-0. They have four wins straight. The goal total in that is 15-0. There's two games of 5-0, and then the other two, 3-0, 2-0. I mean, they just punish Burnley. They're like their training squad side uh, of the local beer league. So I expect that the City defenders that Brian has in his squad in Cancela and Diaz. Those guys are both going to haul. I also expect that whatever midfielders for City get the start, whether it's Grealish, whether it's Foden, whether it's Torres, I think all those guys are going to haul. And potentially if you're wildcarding, KDB could be a really interesting one-week punt as a captain selection. Next one up is Brighton at Norwich. We've mentioned Norwich before. They are by far the worst team in the league. I expect Brighton to get a clean sheet and an easy three points. And lastly, it's Tottenham at Newcastle. Brian mentioned his love of Youngman Sung. And, you know, I think on this pod, we've, we surely expect that the Spurs are going to get the win at Tyneside. And as much as there's excitement and media surrounding what's going on in Newcastle. They still haven't quite put it together on the pitch yet. They don't have a win this season, and I don't expect they're going to be getting one at home hosting Spurs. Yeah, it'll be interesting if Harry Kane finally nets his first goal of the season. I could see you know something like a Kane brace in that one for sure, and then he'll start to put the FPL uh, community on notice that he might be back in, in our thoughts coming up. And then I think the only thing to add, Bucks, is especially on wildcard, we're seeing a lot of love for Phil Foden 
you know, especially with the likes of Greenwood and Jota kind of in that same like 7.5 to 8 million pound bracket. Uh, seeing a lot of love for Foden and I can't blame him. I mean, he's so direct. He, he really looked fantastic versus Liverpool in that last match. And he is a player that has clearly taken over uh, from Sterling on the left. I think he's the first choice player in that side and has a little bit more creative and his finishing is just way better than anybody on that left-hand side. So we could really see Foden emerge as a, a solid option in the midfield. And I'm just very interested to see kind of where this puts the likes of Grealish and KDB in that side for FPL purposes. But in general, we just don't know yet. But I'm, I'm curious to see how they kind of develop as a, as a unit. Yeah, I'm pretty high on Foden as well, as you'll hear in my transfer or my potential transfer section. But uh, let's, yeah, let's dive into the community questions. I've heard enough about Brian's wildcard. I'm sure the listeners have too. And let's hear <laughs> from uh, some of our community members. First up is Corey Cummings. He asks, when's the best time to wildcard if we're not Brian and using it already this game week or earlier this season? like some other members of our FPL Blues podcast, Super League. Brian, you want to take this? Yeah, that's a great question, Bucks. I think looking at where we are, especially since you're going to be able to use your first half wild card through the end of the year, it's really kind of now in the next like game week or so. Otherwise, we do have another international break on November 8th to the 16th. So that could be another time. I particularly like to wildcard on international break because it lets you think a little bit more macro about your team. It lets you analyze the fixtures, maybe rewatch some highlights, um, kind of look at some of the stats uh, for all these players. And I think that could be a good shout. So that would be after game week 11. So just something to keep in mind of, um, you know, you, you obviously want to set yourself up for the long term, um, but for you, Bucks, I know you haven't pulled the trigger yet. What are what are your thoughts here? Obviously, you're sitting pretty uh, sweet at 75 KOR, and you know, wild card in hand, it's got to feel pretty good. Yeah, I've been uh, fortunate. I think that the price rises and the price inflation over this international break has been relatively little. So, uh, players who are going into wild card thinking that they're going to come out all of a sudden with you know 102 million team value up from 100 where every player starts out. I think they're sorely disappointed, um, which means that they have don't, less. Don't put words in my mouth, Bucks. Don't put words <laughs> in my mouth. I mean, I'm I'm out here. I'm out here trying to farm that value. So I need I need some more action. I think we'll I, see some more kind of late um, before the deadline. So it's another couple of days when we have some press conferences. I need to farm some value because I've I lost out on a few uh, during my wild card, specifically Sunny Boy. <laughs> he he just miraculously went up by point one, even though he was like at negative, or he was at like negative 99.7 or something on fantasy football statistics. So I was just like, what? I don't understand the price rises sometimes. However, I'm trying to farm that value. And I think that whenever you do go on wildcard, you, you do want to try and play the price game as much as possible. But I wouldn't make all of your decisions based on that. You're still going to be able to find some diamonds in the rough, like a Duffy, like a Livermento that help you cut some exactly. corners. Yep, yep, yep. So for me, I'm thinking of wildcarding probably next game week before game week nine. I just want to see everyone come back healthy. I think uh, knowing who's actually fit coming out of international break is a big plus. 
Plus, I'm already doubled up on the Brighton defense between Sanchez and goal and Duffy, who's been one of my standout players of the season, as my cheapo defender who's just ticking on points. And they both have Norwich. I don't really have too many injuries. Obviously, TAA and Rafinha are causing my squad a little bit of a headache. But I already have Tony, who I'd probably want to bring in on wildcard. I already have Salah. And so I just feel like I'm just going to sit it out. And game week nine is the option. Game week 12, as Brian mentioned, going into that transfer window is probably a good one, the next international break. And then the other last point that I do want to mark is game week 15. And that's really when it goes from being a pro-Chelsea, pro-City kind of fixture run. All of a sudden, the fixtures turn incredible for Manchester United. And you're definitely going to want to have, if not two, then three players from Old Trafford on your FPL squad at that point in time. So if you can, in fact, hold out and your team is fortunate to avoid injuries, that game week 15 is a real way to late on in the heart of the season get a little bit of jump on the rest of the competition. That's my two cents. Yeah, without a doubt. I think the Manchester United fixture swing come game week 15 or 16 is a definitely definitely one to plan for. And I'll be moving on the likes of Lukaku to back to Ronaldo and maybe considering Luke Shaw once again. We're going to give him a little break in our FPL sides, but they have some good fixtures. So I'm sure the FPL community will flock back to Man U like they always do. All right, next question we actually have is from Eamon, a.k.a. Holy Pinto. He asks, Livermento or Duffy? Bucks, you obviously have Duffy in your side. You brought him in very early days. And I'm on wildcard, and he's my choice as well. Um, I think just from my perspective, Duffy, I think he, Duffy, Duffy. Yeah, the, the Duff man. The Duff man's, you know, he has the opportunity to get a potential 12 or 15 pointer in one of these matches coming up. I think he's... A player, especially against Norwich, potentially, that could get a header. He could get a goal. He could get a clean sheet. Uh, I just like that he could spike some potential returns. And he is also just on a better overall team. Like, Livermento is a great option if you're going to consider going both Duffy and Livermento in your back line. But ultimately, I think that Southampton, although they've been gritty, when we go throughout the course of the season, they're going to wear down quite a bit. And he's a player that, you know, he might... He's been chipping in with like an odd clean sheet or maybe a, a, an assist, but I don't think he's going to get any of those kind of big, you know, twelve point hauls that we kind of crave from our our fullbacks. Any other thoughts here, Bucks? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm big on Duffy. He's actually breaking my FPL brain a little bit because, as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, I really like to target the wing backs and the out wide defenders, and Duffy has just been such a great value, Brighton are again looking like they're a real deal on defense and that Graham Potter, their coach, has them well-organized. So they're a well-drilled team. And Shane Duffy, out of nowhere, has really solidified his place in the defense. So I think he's incredible. And I would rather have him, I think, than a lot of some of the you know fourth defender names that I'm seeing on wildcard, whether that's a Wolves defender, you know, staying true to someone from Brentford, you're going differential on that regard. Maybe you're going with uh, Kyle Walker as your second city defender, which is, you know, playing the pep roulette in a very chancy way. So that I'm big on Shane Duffy. He's scoring goals. He's getting into the box. And, you know, to get those 12 and 15 point 
outings, you need to first get the clean sheet. So I think he's more likely to get that game week in and game week out. Next question. Nick Haas asks, would you consider a wild card followed up the next game week by a bench boost so that you have the most updated and functional bench? Brian? Yeah, that's a really great question from Mr. Hazi. I think that this is an interesting one because you can't use multiple chips in the same game week. So for those who are new to the game, you can't activate your wild card and then also activate your triple captain or bench boost. With that being said, you have to practice your patience and I would recommend keeping those chips until a later point in the season because we're going to have what's called a double game week where your some of your players in your FPL team might play twice within the same game week. So this often happens when you're in a situation where people are playing in Champions League and they're kind of moving some fixtures around because teams are advancing or uh, there's FA Cup obligations. So we're going to have some interesting uh, opportunities where your captain, you know, they might play two times in one game week, which gives you a huge uh, opportunity to spike when you're triple captain when that time comes. Um, and then same with the bench boost. You know, if you can have some cheap playing defenders and goalkeepers on your bench boost, you know, you can really hopefully stack up some, you know, clean sheets and um, have a, a pretty good outcome there. So I think ultimately, like when you bench boost, if you get anything more than like 15 points, I think it's a pretty solid bench boost. Um, you know, I, I don't really see too many bench boosts that are over 25 points um, when you're kind of looking at those basic players that would normally be on your bench in those slots. So that would be my, my recommendation after playing FPL for this many years. For me, the only reason you want to potentially even consider this bench boost option in Game Week 9 is because you've targeted Ben Foster from Watford who's been a playing goalkeeper, and he's only $4 million. So if he stays $4 million, you know he's going to play in game week nine. That gives me a hint of a reason why you'd know that you have your playing goalkeeper as your cheap backup option. Otherwise, I think I agree with Brian. I, I would want to target a double game week and you know maybe try and hold your chips till we know a little bit more about how the season's going in general. Yeah, definitely. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sending those questions in. We're hoping for some more engagement next week after the fixtures are back and the football is back. So thank you for sending those in. And we're going to take our last break of the episode and then wrap it up with our transfers and captain thoughts. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're going to close, as we always do, with our transfers and captain selections going into game week eight. Now, Brian, I think you got a little bit of a free pass, but just tell us your three players that are still front of mind for potential wildcard tinkers and then who your captain is likely going to be for the game week. Yeah, the three spots, again, um, that Chelsea defender, Aspilicueta potentially, I'm still going back and forth between him and Chilwell. And then if I'm going to include TAA in my side, I've been looking at swapping out Sun for Foden and upgrading elsewhere so those are kind of my a few slots that i'm thinking of um again if we hear anything else on rafinha then i'll have to consider him instead of Saka because i would prefer to have rafinha long term and the only reason i'm having Saka is because i thought rafinha was gonna be ruled out so overall um again feeling super confident in my all blue back line and looking forward to hopefully 
you know, picking up some points on the leaders in FPL. Uh, right now, again, there's only about, I think, 40 points in between kind of rank 50K and rank 500K. So there's a ton of room for managers to climb up the ranks. And I'm hoping with my wild card that I can do so. What do you think, Bucks? So you, uh, you know, you've had one free transfer that you've been really um, impressed. You, you haven't been panicking. You've been saving it. You haven't even been, uh, you know, tinkering uh-huh. too much. So uh, what are your thoughts now that we're kind of a couple days away from the game week eight deadline? Sure. So uh, as Brian mentioned, I have one free transfer. And I think this game week, I'm pretty set on not wild carding at this point in time, but I am going to take a hit. So, you know, I'm going to let Brian get oh, wow. oh, four wow. points on me before the action even starts. And, you know, just to give you a, some behind the scenes into my thinking. So I'm, I'm going to give Brian a free four points before the action starts. And my moves are really 100% depending on TAA and Rafinha's availability. So if TAA is not in fact playing and it is a long-term injury, I'm probably going to drop him down to Cancelo. So I have a Man City defender. And then if Rafinha is fit and he is back at training, then he's going to stay in my squad, I think, long-term, like Brian mentioned. I'll probably look to move off Saar or Greenwood to bring in Phil Foden. That way I can have some Man City coverage. They're going to be really popular on wildcard. So I want to make sure I have at least one, if not two, starting players for City in that fixture against Burnley. Brian mentioned his captain. I'll do the same. It's going to be easy peasy for me. I'm going to keep it on Mo Salah. And my vice captain is going to be Shane Duffy. I did give a thank to maybe <laughs> the knowing, Duff man um, with the with the VC. Well, to be perfectly honest, I had thoughts about when we were doing bus teams a few weeks ago, and you know, you just set your lineup looking forward. I had thought that I would probably have Ronaldo as the captain to be really different this game week, but going against Salah the last game week really it was like painful. It was it was a coming to Jesus, coming to uh, the Egyptian king to his respects because uh, it was just not enjoyable watching him play and just watching him torture FPL managers who chose otherwise. So I'm going to give my credit to the Egyptian King this game week. He is my captain. We are not worthy. How about you, Brian? Yeah. Just taking a look at your squad bucks before I go into my captain. Um, You know, you do have the likes of Greenwood, Saar, um, Rafinha, so a little bit shaky through the midfield. So I can definitely understand why you're eyeing somebody like Phil Foden up again. You're going to wait until we hear some news in the press conferences to understand if he's going to start. Uh, I think he he really is the first choice on that team. He was first choice in much of the Champions League run last season as well. So I expect Foden to start. So he's a player that, especially against Burnley, where they're historically putting anywhere from three to five goals in that he could be involved in a big way. So I like that shout and having some cover, especially against those who are wildcarding this week and having some Manchester City assets. Personally, for me, I'm really, really, I'm like 90% uh, committed to captaining Sonny Boy this week as a big differential. And this wow. is something that, yeah, this is something that, again, Newcastle, they've been shipping away goals left and right. Um, you know, they are going to be home in front of their home crowd, but I feel like the home crowd will urge them to push forward and not park the bus. And this is, again, where Sun and Kane can hit on the counter. Um, I think he's just the kind of player that nobody else will have this game week. So if I could get a double-digit haul from Sun 
and then um, you know see Salo either have a small return or no return, uh, I could be in a, a really solid position for this game week. So, you know, Sun, I think, is about less than 15%, yeah, 13% owned right now. So this is a, a, a captaincy shout that I've been thinking a lot about on my wild card and really looking forward to uh, watching this gamble play out in the weekend. You heard here first, ladies and gentlemen, the FPL Blues podcast hosts are not going to be captaining the same players once again. So the intrigue builds going into game week eight. Brian, any parting words? I think uh, we can get out of here with our shortest podcast to date. Nope. Wishing everybody a enjoyable set of fixtures. I think we'll all be up early in the morning, maybe with our coffee, maybe uh, with our beers, depending where you are in the world, to watch the Watford and Liverpool match. This one, again, it could really kind of set the tone for your entire weekend. So I'm really hoping for some returns from the likes of Salah and potential TAA. So we'll see how that goes because nothing's worse than having your captain blank and then having the rest of the game week after that. So I'm hoping uh, you know that uh, doesn't play out for managers. And we actually also have Monday fixtures this game week um, as well as Arsenal plays Crystal Palace. So looking forward to uh, potting uh, next Tuesday and uh, recapping our game week eights. And until then, just send me prayers and uh, bucks. I'm going to be all up in your DMs just trying to figure out my wild card a little bit more. So I appreciate the couch therapy. Absolutely. Yeah. Big green arrows to us all. If you don't already, please follow us at FPL Blues Podcast on social media. We're pretty active on Instagram and trying to get a following going on Twitter. And again, subscribe, hit the follow button to wherever you listen to this podcast. We appreciate you listeners. We hope you're all having great seasons like Brian and I are. And it's been fun playing along together in the FPL Blues Podcast Super League. So good luck to everyone in that league. And Brian, good luck to us both. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.